Hello, I'm Eagle, Eagle Gardens, Eagle Gardens 1 on Instagram, and this is fucking talking shit with Eagle, episode 302. Boy, do I got an amazing episode for you guys tonight. Somebody that you know and respect highly in the community, Mr. Brown Guy 420. You want to tell us how you're doing tonight and where we can find you, and thank you for coming, by the way, and hanging out with us. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, thanks guys. Uh, you know, thanks for the invitation on the show. You know, it's uh, I'm trying to get onto these shows a little bit more. It's just been a while since I've been on them, so uh, you know, sorry if I'm a little you know new to being talking and all that kind of stuff again. Um, yeah, I'm, out, I'm still out here in Southern Oregon, still doing my thing. Uh, been mainly pushing my Instagram channels and everything like that. Uh, Brown Guy 4200, kind of starting up the YouTube again after it got shut down. And uh, that's under my, my actual personal name, Paul Rosas. Uh, and, uh, you know, I went from teaching no-till organics to now I'm, I'm running my own lab, Solo Scientific, which is, uh, you know, fun. It's keeping things interesting, you know, in the industry. I've been in it so long. It's just like I got to move around to keep, to keep the passion going, you know. And uh, the no-till is great. I still grow no-till gardens no-till cannabis, no-till everything. I just don't smoke anymore because my asthma is completely horrible. But my love for the plant, love for cannabinoids, love for finding out what every cannabinoid can do is uh, pretty much a life passion of mine. I'll probably die doing this. Well, I appreciate your passion for this plant, for sure. And just because you haven't been necessarily involved in the YouTube community, uh, no way have you been forgotten, good sir. Uh, we all remember uh, all the knowledge you have put forth over the years, and uh, thank you for it. It's kind of funny uh, you mentioned the no-till, the no-till revolution, as it were once known. You know, it's funny because it's no longer even a revolution at this point. It's just, it's, it's just what off. it is. It's yeah, yeah, and so and it's you know couldn't be a better time for a uh, brown guy. Well, it's got forty two hundred now. It, it doesn't suck when you have to adjust that name a little bit, <laughs> but uh, couldn't be any better time for you to reemerge because you're right, man. Organics, the no tail, everybody's hungry. Everybody's hungry for that type of knowledge. So, and you're you're one of the great guys for that type of knowledge. So. Uh, we'd be looking forward to any kind of videos and knowledge you're putting forward. You know, the community has done nothing but grown with recreation. Uh, it's people are growing left and right. So now more than ever, people are, you know, taking on growing. And then it's not even like they're not, they're taking on growing, but they've skipped the bullshit. You know what I mean? The revolution is over. So they, they don't even want to salts anymore they want to start right off with the organics so you know welcome back (laughs) i'm completely just uh you know i it's 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 awesome that people you know uh have taken what i what i was teaching out there and you know i was just putting that information out there in the first place just to kind of document my journey through youtube but also you know, back when I first started growing, there was there was no such thing as the internet. So, 
you know, the the closest thing to anything that was anything growing was a High Times magazine. So, you know, and then I had a couple, you know, people I knew that would grow and you'd be like, hey, you know, show me how to grow. And they'd be like, well, no, because that, that means I'm showing you how to be my competition or something, you know. And I was always, I was always like, well, I'm not trying to grow to be, you know, out there selling like crazy. Like, I'm going to grow for myself. I want to just smoke what I grow. And so I, I, over the years, you know, I started with hydro. I started with all the crazy stuff that everybody throws at you, you know, uh, general hydroponics. Uh, uh, what else? I, I, it's hard to remember all the other names of them, advanced nutrients and stuff like that. You know, all these things that people say you need to grow, you need that 17-part program and all these things to be, a, you know, a master grower or whatever. And uh, it wasn't until, you know, once I learned, I was I was teaching people on YouTube how to, how to you know, how to grow with all these other things. But then I started, you know, turning the bottle around and trying to figure out what exactly the ingredients were on the back. It's... Just like anything, a bottle of water or anything you're looking at, you want to look what's on the back. And so I started researching what that stuff was. And I, I was like, oh, okay, this is, you know, nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium, all that good stuff. And I, I was trying to figure out what it, what it was that the plant actually needed. And I was also doing cost analysis of, you know, how much am I actually putting into growing this plant compared to what I'm getting out of it? And was it was it worth it, or should I just go buy buy a, a bag of weed from the guy who's selling it down the street or something? And at at that point is when I I, I started turning towards organics. You know the the salts were fine. I mean, you can grow, people grow amazing amazing flour with salts or hydroponics or whatever, but it was lacking the flavor and the taste. Um, I was using things. Uh, it was bug candy or something <clears throat> and i had i was using this thing it was supposed to enhance the flavor of your flour and so i'm adding all this bug candy in and, and i have i had like six different strains growing and i realized when i harvested all six strains pretty much tasted like bug candy and i was like well it, it, it tastes good but i kind of like added this artificial flavor into it and my sour diesel is, is tasting like bug candy. My 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 lemon kush tastes like bug candy. So I'm like, I should just call it all bug candy because it's all the same thing. You know, there was no nothing that made it unique. <clears throat> and then, you know, I, I I started digging around with organics, playing around with it, and, and you know, pretty much fell upon uh, Subcool's Super Soil, and I I I fell in love with the idea. His super soil was amazing. And you can just mix everything up. You have a hot layer and a normal layer. You just add water. And if anything, I think with Subcool at the beginning of it, he was, uh, if you're running out of nutrients at the end, he was adding like a bot botanic care or something like that, uh, bloom, bloom, whatever. Um, and I kind of liked his whole, his whole regimen. But once I moved to growing outdoor, it was uh it wasn't really cost effective i mean you're i mean outdoor you're going to grow more than what you paid in the soil but at the same time when you're when you're paying like 500 dollars for a yard of soil and you gotta and you gotta you know 
who's growing on with 20 yards of soil, you know, regardless of what I, you know, when I got into recreational cannabis, I was, I was buying 650 yards of soil. So at that point, you know, with even 20 yards of soil, I was like, it's just too much. There's, I mean, thousands and thousands of dollars was going to go into building the super soil. <laughs> so then at that point, I knew that organics gave me, at that point of growing with Subcool, it opened my eyes to flavor, taste, and smoothness of organics. That's like, I, now now sour diesel tastes like sour diesel. Now now lemon kush tastes like lemon kush. You know, train wreck, train wreck. You know, like, it all had its own unique flavors, aromas, all that stuff. But with the expense of the super soil, I had to figure something out. So I kind of dissected what was in the super soil and kind of like, you know, said, what, what do I really need and what do I not, you know, need at the moment? And, uh, you know, I started reading uh, a book uh, by Jeff Lowenfels and it's called uh, Teaming with Microbes. And uh, he's a he's a Ph.D. Uh, scientist, pretty much uh, uh, like a soil biologist, I guess you'd say. And he broke it down, but he, he broke down how soil works in layman's terms so that anyone can pretty much understand it. And uh, it just lit a fire in me for, well, my whole life now. I mean, that's that's the only way I believe in growing anything down to my vegetables, corn, you know, anything. I mean... If your fruit tree out in the front isn't doing good, resort to no-till style organics and it'll come right back, you know? Um, and so at that point I started building soil and getting rid of all the stuff that people say you had to do. Uh, and it started dramatically saving my costs and growing my, my cannabis, which to me meant everything because if I have low costs and I grow a lot of cannabis and I'm growing it on, on a dime, that's everything to, to anyone. If you're growing four plants in your backyard, if, if you're growing on a, on a farm, whatever, I mean, like when I had my recreational farm, 650 yards like of, of dirt, um, even with my no-till, you know, it, it, it's a constantly like evolving process, figuring out your soil. And they wanted like $100,000 for my, my blend for 650 yards. I mean, that's a lot of dang dirt. It's a small mountain of dirt, but but I was like, wow, that's still a lot. You know, you know someone who works, who's, who's always worked, you know, at least 40, if not 50 or 60 hours a week, I've never had the, the money to throw down like that. So even if I, even though I had investors, I was like, no, I don't, I, I feel really bad if I'm going to spend a hundred grand on soil. So I, was, I, I went back to my no-till and was, and was like, well, what do I not need? And I said to the guys, like, what about worm casting? What if I took that out? What is what you know, what is what does that do for me? Cut it in half right there. And it was fifty thousand bucks. And I was like, wow, fifty grand for six hundred and fifty yards is actually a good deal. That's really cheap soil because the worms are gonna give you the worm casting. So I spent some money, I cut like a grand in worms and just kind of Johnny Apple seeded those things all over the place and you know, and then the worms made their own castings, and they're better castings anyways. They're not sterilized and pretty much only for nitrogen. These are biologically active, you know, worm castings. And and uh, over the years, I've just kind of figured out what's cheap, uh, what grows great, high-quality cannabis, but saves your pocketbook. Because 
you know, we're not all made of money. <laughs> so, yeah, we're, it worked out. Sure. I, I love no-till. How could you not? I mean, it, it's one of those things, too, that I've noticed that, uh, like you said, once you kind of, it enters your life, it kind of changes your life. And I've seen that across the board for almost every grower that I've seen. Once the organics comes in, it has not only just changed their garden a little bit, it's changed the way they're eating and the way they just kind of view their footprint as a whole, <laughs> you know, as, as far as sustainability. And it's you know, pretty a powerful thing, and that's and that's true. You know, it's uh, you know, I guess when you're when we're younger, we we're 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 dumber. You know, we're we we go and eat at McDonald's and Burger King and Taco Bell, and we and we just feed ourselves with all this nasty food that's not good for us. And you know, when I got into uh, into my thirties. I was starting to have gut issues and, uh, you know, I was going to a gastrologist and we were trying to figure out like there's something I was eating that was really causing me to be in a lot of pain in my stomach. And, uh, they, you know, they were like trying giving me something and telling me to report to them the next day to see what was going on. And at that point in my life, I, uh, you know, I was growing no, no till organic cannabis. And I said, you know, why don't I, get away from processed food, stop eating at these, uh, at these fast food places and everything. And how about I start growing my own no-till organic garden, vegetable gardens, you know, and I'm turning different crops at different times of the season. And I started eating healthier, making sure that like I was getting, uh, my beef, no hormones, grass fed beef, you know, uh, no hormones of my chicken, organic chicken, you know, all this, making sure that I was, paying attention to what I was doing and putting inside of my body on top of the cannabis and without even like I stopped going to gas, the gastrologist and everything and I completely cured all of my ailments just by going to natural food you know and somebody once had said to me a long time ago and it made it made sense further down the road as I got into the, the no-till essence and the organic foods and everything and, and cannabis, or whatever, but he said, you know, your great, great grandparents that were on a 50 acre farm and raised cattle and had a garden, you know, they, they weren't plagued with cancer and all these other diseases that are plaguing everybody nowadays. And it made a lot of sense after I changed the way my body felt by eating organics and eating healthier and eating you know, better stuff. And, you know, uh, with the, with the world and the way we are, everything is on, on making money and capitalizing on something. And, and, you know, I, I had a, a series on my old YouTube channel that was called breaking the bond or breaking, breaking the bond from bottles or something like that. Um, and, you know, because like, if you get, if you get a, Let's say uh, you go to the to your local grain or grocery store or whatever, and you get something in a bottle that it says it's organic or it's Armory certified or whatever. Um, it's it's not fully organic. Um, for one, I think it's only got to be somewhere like around seventy percent organic, and the other thirty percent can be unorganic and still constitutes as organic. But anything that comes in a bottle 
is is what goes through a process that's called chelation and chelation is is like uh kind of like breaking down natural organics to make it more readily available so like instead of being non-plant available it's very plant available and you're you're kind of you know beefing up your plant it's growing bigger stronger everything but at that same point giving the plant something that is you know quote unquote organic and you just keep feeding it to it it makes it bigger and bigger and bigger doesn't make it better you know it's the same thing why you know ob- obesity is big in, in 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 america you know people are just feeding their faces it's readily available it's good right I mean, it's, it should be good for me but it it it's not necessarily you know like you can eat 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 what do you do you get bigger and bigger and bigger right but is that a good thing no you know so what i found is like it's it's about the quality you know you grow your plant really big it's great you have lots of buds but if you grow it uh decently sized and give it let the plant take what it needs its immune system better you're going to uh break away from uh things like pests and stuff and your buds have higher quality you get a better high off of them uh and so when i saw these organic bottles you know like i i had to get away from it and through that Jeff Lowenfeld book teaming with microbes you learn how the bacteria work and so if you as long as you put you know 5 to 10% organic matter top dressed on top of your plant which at first i was throwing like uh uh like uh i, I go i use a company called BioLive or down to earth and they make a a, a product called BioLive and it's you know feather meals alfalfas uh kelp uh i think it's like some bone meal and stuff and i would throw that on there because what it is is organic matter and plus the the worms will eat it and grind it down and and let it be more available within the soil but you know it's what the the basis of no till organics is to is to let the plant eat when it wants to eat because with chelation and in these you know quote unquote organic bottled nutrients um people are wondering why there's heavy metals in everything all their their flour and their concentrates and all these other things which is becoming a big thing now everyone wants to test to make sure it gets out of it um is because through the way of chelation it's you're just you know letting the plant take in everything and it's and it's building up on iron and you know coppers and zincs and all this other stuff that's not good for you you know and if you concentrate it they're taking in concentrated amounts of these of these heavy metals just like back in the day we figured out that pesticides you know which aren't good anyways but what was a reasonable amount on the plant concentrated into your concentrates and became very bad for you so through chelation you're you're given that plant yeah you're giving it you know nitrogen phosphorus potassium the things it wants but you're also giving it all the things that it, it's like overdosing on it and therefore you have organic flour but it has a lot of heavy metal stuck in it where if you if you just add organic non plant available organic matter to the top of your soil let the worms be like the grinders all just pulverize it eat it and then excrete it back into the soil you have iron you have zinc you got copper you got all that stuff in your in your soil but it's not readily available to your plant So through things like mycorrhiza and stuff, you got this this fungi population 
that'll sit there like little tiny miners and they barely chip away at these at these heavy metal minerals that the plant does need, but it's in such minute amounts that the plant will thrive off of it and you have very little heavy metals to the point where you can get it all the way down to a concentrate and still be looking very good on heavy metals. So, you know, it's it, the organic world is uh, it's a lot, you know, it's a lot bigger than what we think and there's a lot of still, you know, like I said, there, there, you know, with the creation of man, we always want to meddle with everything. And, and, and part of what I always tried to do with YouTube was blow all these like stipulations out. You have to use this. You got to use that. You have to do NPK, you know? And I, I tried to just say, grow your soil and you can grow anything you want in the soil. You know, healthy soil will save the earth. Healthy soil will do a lot, you know? Healthy soil will, will clean up the earth. You know, it's, uh, you know, a lot of people, you know, will, they don't want to tell you is that, you know, yeah, the earth, you know, global warming, this, that, whatever, cars and overpopulation of cows and all this stuff. Well, I've been to so many soil exposiums or whatever you want to call them that, you know, a lot of things that they don't want to tell you is that like 70% of it is from agriculture. You know, all these all these nutrients get fed to your plants and, you know, corn and whatever, beef and all the stuff that we get at the grocery store. And whatever those plants don't get just ends up in your local tributaries and, you know, off to the ocean and off gases out and depletes carbon. And, you know, it's just, uh, you know, if, if we don't clean up our agriculture, that's that's what's really doing a lot of our you know uh, bad things to the earth I guess you would say, and it's really what's driven me on pushing the word of uh, uh, you know of growing correctly. You know we we're all probably familiar with the, the Dust Bowl of Middle America. They there's some of the best farmland and farmers destroyed it, and now they're getting people like no-till people who understand bacteria and everything and how to revitalize dead soil and making it healthy soil again so they can keep growing on this on this you know dead land and people don't lose their generational farms and stuff like that well it's a good time to get that message across too with because it's coming you're talking yeah. about you know the bread basket there that's you know oklahoma and all of them it's 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 coming you know, I had the bread baskets going to be uh, not so not so bready anymore. I think it's going to be all cannabis. I think a lot of that stuff's going to be uprooted, and which you know, in a way, may help repair that soil. You know, that cannabis is known for help cleaning it up. So, with proper technique and maybe some cannabis remediating the soil a little bit, maybe we can undo what we've done for a hundred plus years now to the soil yeah you know you know it's uh there's a lot of growing going on right now uh, especially here in oregon you know it's uh i think we we're one of the first states to kind of get overwhelmed with with uh people coming from every point in the world you know like just following the you know the, the green rush and all that and, and uh you know i think there's going to be still a lot of a lot of growing going on within our country for sure as especially as uh you know thc cannabis 
becomes federally legalized. Once once you're able to cross borders with it, there's going to be a, a you know that's going to be the new revolution. You know, um, but then there's going to be a point where so like with uh, with Oregon, e- even in, with THC cannabis, it was like so many people were here that the the supply was here, the demand was here. And so we were, we were just, we had so much flour and concentrates and everything that it kind of overwhelmed the market. And it was part of what like kind of collapsed the farm I was at. Um, there was so much THC flour that at the, at that point, flour was going for so cheap. Nobody cared if it was the best indoor you could ever see. They didn't care how it could have been the most organic flower there is it could have been glowing you know gold and all this stuff and nobody cared you know they all all the dispensaries everybody that was out there only wanted 150 dollars pounds you know they were all just gonna grind it up and throw it in a pre-roll and people can go out there and buy you know 60 dollar ounces and everyone's just gonna get high and have a good old time but <clears throat> what that did is it kind of destroyed the industry in Oregon. Um, and over the years, that supply has been kind of slowly going down because for one, it can't leave the state. And, um, so these people that have recreational farms have had to kind of slowly figure out how to downsize so they could supply just the state itself. You know, before legalization, people around the country were getting flour from Oregon because everyone, you know, Oregon is right above the Emerald Triangle. I call it the Green Mile. And it's like we're known for our sun-grown cannabis, you know, really good stuff. And, and uh, you know, now that a lot of us had went to legalization because, you know, we just wanted to be legal and, you know, be able to go home and not look out the window and see if we were going to get busted or not. You know, uh, it was a whole new whole new era of trying to figure out how to how to grow. But also, you know, back in the black market days, it was like, Oh, I'm going to build a greenhouse. Okay, cool. Let's build a greenhouse. Or I'm going to build a building on my lot because I'm out in the middle of nowhere. And who cares? Well, then you go into recreational and it's like, oh, I have to have a permit for that. You know, the, oh, engineers, uh, you know, like architects. What What is all this stuff, you know? And so as everyone jumped into it, a lot of people got shut down because they weren't doing things legally. And then you got the people coming from out of state, the no permits and all this stuff. So it really started this bad sour taste in Oregonians mouths with with these other people were coming in they were more business like where all of us just knew grow cannabis and makes money and we get we get to smoke and so there was a big transition and but you know in the end of it all now Oregon is is leveled out with its supply and demand and the prices of flour are going up uh where whereas the people that came in here and invested millions of dollars have all pretty much went belly up and they're gone. They're in other states now trying to do the, trying to follow the green rush or whatever you might want to call it. And uh, the people that are still here with companies that are successful are the old school people because they, they have the passion. They want to grow still. They just, they don't want to go work a nine to five. They want to be a farmer because that's what we do. And, 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 
when people saw there was no more money in it, they all left. Whereas all of us just said, we love the plant. I like, I don't care that there's no money in it. I just want to keep doing what I've always done all my life, you know? And, you know, um, with the, uh, you know, I, I guess you would call it the failure of my OLCC or my recreational farm. Um, you know, cause my, the investors I had completely screwed me out of all of it. Um, I ended up leaving for a while. I left the country. I, I know some people that follow me saw that I went down to South America and I, uh, I helped them with their, with their cannabis situation down there for a while. Um, but I got out of the country mainly because my investors tried to tell me that I, you know, they gave me a 23 page contract to sign and inside that contract, somehow weird words and all that stuff was some sort of like no compete, which meant that I couldn't work in cannabis for three years, according to their lawyer, uh, which didn't stand up in court anyways, because you're not writing sensitive code for Microsoft or just farming. So it wasn't that big of a deal, but um, I was being harassed by their lawyers and stuff. And so I just wanted to get out and I got an invitation from uh, President Paraguay, an ambassador of Brazil to, to go out there and, you know, check out their cannabis situation. So I was like, you know, it's a good time to get out for a while. And I went down there and it was, it was a culture shock, you know, we're very spoiled in America and uh, down there, they're very uh, close to the land. They're very organic. They don't want to ruin their land. Uh, very caring, sensitive, humble people. Uh, you know, the country of Paraguay was uh, once a very uh, poverty stricken country. It's very small. And uh, they, they decided to make a hydroelectric dam on the Paraguay River. And now they're the largest clean energy producer uh, in the world. And so it's like a Hoover Dam on steroids. And so now their country is producing electricity for Brazil, Argentina, you know, uh, Uruguay and Paraguay. And so they, they're being flooded with all this money. They don't know what to do with it. So it's like in America, it's like five star hotels and restaurants and stuff out there. It's like seven to 10 star. It's, it's amazing. But the best thing that I saw in a different country was that these people just, they didn't care about the money. They didn't care about having a nice car or a big, big house. They were, they were all about quality of life. I mean, these people work four hours a day. They, they're not trying to work 15 hour shifts. They, they just wanted to have good food, good friends, good family, good times, you know? The richest guy out there that owns the biggest skyscraper will still invite you into his home, give you a bed to sleep in and cook you dinner. Same thing with the person that's in an Adobe hut out there. They'll bring you in, they'll cook you whatever they got, they'll give you a spot on the floor. And it was it was really eye-opening to me. And, uh, and it was just a whole new, a whole new uh, side of cannabis, you know, like, because with us, we have everything readily at our at our fingertips. So oh, I need this. So I'll just go down to the store and pick it up where with them, everything's a, everything's an import. So you're like, Oh, well you guys don't have alfalfa. And they're like, Oh, that's really expensive. And you're like, alfalfa. <laughs> you know, so, so it was just, it was, it was really, you know, it was a, it was a way of relearning no till by what, what they had, you know? So you're, 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 you know, uh, I also like, you know, those things like bugle culture and stuff like that. And so you're working with like 
inputs that you got from the jungle. So it's uh, it was really, I don't know what you want to say, educational, mind expanding, just the, the, the whole the whole situation that I was in. It was it was it was really cool. And then when I came up back to the U.S. Because they ran into some uh, legal stuff that they had to deal with, and I didn't want to sit down there for months on end and not do anything. I came back up here, and the hemp industry was just exploded. It was like year one on hemp, and and uh, I had some friends that said, "Why don't you know you should you should come with us?" And I think at that time it was like 150 acres of hemp, and you know it looks identical to cannabis. And I was just like, uh, "Sure, this this is absolutely amazing." I mean. I went out there and I'm walking through the fields of, of all these plants and it was like, you know, what I grew up looking at in High Times magazines, you know, these vast fields of plants. And it, uh, to me, I was, I, I looked at it as, you know, I, I, I started all this by, you know, in my life by growing one plant in a closet and you were like, oh man, this is so crazy, you know, like you can get in trouble for this. And then, and then, you know, you're like, well, I haven't gotten in trouble. I'm going to grow four plants in my closet. And then eventually you have your own little grow spot and you're growing 15 or 20 plants. And, and then, and then it built into like when I, when things went recreational, everyone's like, do you think you can grow a thousand, 1500 plants on an acre? And I'm like, I, I don't know. You, you grow four, you can grow 10. If you can grow 10, you can do a hundred. Right. And if you grow a hundred, you can grow a thousand. Like, it's just more work. You've got to be out there longer. And so for me, it was a challenge. And then when hemp came, I'm like 150 acres, 2,000 plants an acre. I was like, oh, let's do it, you know? And I started learning, like, large agriculture. Uh, and that also, in turn, doing the hemp, I would say, uh, expanded my mind on how little you can actually feed a plant and have it turn out absolutely amazing. Um, in the hemp industry, most everybody starts with seeds. You know, in in the in, in THC, everyone's usually getting a clone because someone said, oh, this, this clone is absolutely amazing. Here you go. You know, you buy it from them or whatever. And But the thing is, is through degradation of cloning and cloning and cloning, you start having more and more issues with your, with, growing your plant the mites come in easier uh disease comes in easier all these things come in a lot easier so in hemp these guys are getting feminized seed sprouting all these seeds i mean thousands and thousands of seeds and then putting them out in the field and i'm sitting out there going like wow they haven't sprayed a single thing on these plants they haven't done anything to these plants and you're literally taking like a hundred like a 100 or 200 gallon like big ass cistern mixing a few nutrients in it and feeding that you know 150 200 gallons to the entire 150 acres which really means every plant's only getting like two cups worth of nutrients and they're growing big tall robust sticky smell beautiful looks chronic like what we want to see in your grow room and it you know, it, 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 it said to me that, you know, what we were really feeding the plants out on, out on these fields were everything to break down the natural organics that was in the dirt anyways. And so to, to barely feed the plant but have the plant take what it needs, you know, that's, 
that's why the next year we went out and did 540 acres. We we harvested one million pounds of hemp, and it was it was like 1.2 million plants that we grew, and it was all. I mean, the cost to produce a plant I think was like 14 bucks. You know, so it it was it, it to me. Everything I've done in my life has been to just know know everything about the plant. So I, you know, I did, I've done no-till my entire life, uh, and then I've scaled up, you know, throughout my life. Learned how to do go from, you know, a watering can to feed your plants to running drip tape to feed your plants to large hundred horse, you know, uh, pumps, thirty horse, hundred horse pumps these variable frequency drives that control the speed of the pump to watering acres at a time throughout 540 acres, tractors, you know, massive drying, hanging, like we hang our, our flower, you know, on maybe a piece of trellis in your closet or your garage or whatever, all the way to, you know, a hundred thousand square foot, you know, uh, like enclosed building with, you know, warm air being pumped in, exhaust being blown out, and you're hanging it on cattle grade tight, just like we would do flour, but it's literally just, you know, curtains and curtains that are 40 feet tall, 250 feet long of just flour, you know? And to me, it's, uh, that's what my life goal has been, is to, you know, as I get older and I can't be out in the field anymore, I can do consulting or, you know, maybe be like a general manager of something or whatever. And, uh, you know, I was working the fields of the hemp. And, uh, it, you know, as I'm hitting my 40s now, <laughs> everything hurts. It's hard to hard to go walk, you know, through acres and acres of plants and looking. Um, and it got me into the extraction side. And, you know, Delta 9 side is great, but it's only one cannabinoid. We can only do so much with just delta eight or delta nine um you know it's a it's a it's a wonderful cannabinoid but there's there's i think i was just reading that there's like 144 or something like that different cannabinoids out there and you know this whole industry has spurred me to get into a, a different kind of industry that's why i started you know through getting screwed over through businesses or there's a there's an opportunity to go do this and then you know like in Paraguay and then there was like a legal issue and now I'm not working down there, you know and all these different things. I started my own business with my own money, started really small and I've been slowly growing it to get bigger and bigger, but making a living. I'm not rich by any means. I barely pay the rent on my building here, <laughs> but at least I'm making it and it's what I'm doing is 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 uh pushing my drive to find all these different cannabinoids and figure out what they do. Uh, you know, like I, like I tell people, Delta-9 is an amazing cannabinoid, but where I found in hemp was that there, that's that's really where I, what I tell people is where the medicine's at. Um, right, you know, I've been, we've been developing different cannabinoids, you know, we have, well, of course, CBD, uh, and then there then came CBG, and then, uh, Delta-8 came out, which is, uh, you know, also a great cannabinoid, I, almost identical to Delta-9. But the great thing about Delta-8 is that it it, it, uh, it has the euphoric feeling as Delta-9 does, but 
it has no paranoia, no anxiety. So people to get kind of, uh, you know, uh, want to stay in the house or don't want to do anything because they got high and they're like kind of like bashful and shy. They don't want to do anything. Delta eight's more the cannabinoid for you because you still can get that, that nice feeling, but you're still open and ready to go. And like what I've kind of told people when you, when you make concentrates, you know, I always kind of said, you know, well, if you're smoking Delta nine, you're smoking Delta nine. If you're doing BHO dabs or distillate dabs or hitting the pens or whatever, of Delta 9, I always was like, it's all the same kind of high. It's just a little bit different, different flavors, whatever. But now with with finding out things like Delta 8, I, I, I said, oh, well, Delta 9 is more like an indica when it goes into a concentrate because you're so it's like getting you relaxed and more couch locky and stuff. Whereas Delta 8, because of the no anxiety, no paranoia, it's more of like a pure sativa feeling. Um, Back in the day before everything became a hybrid, a 60, 40, 40, 30, you know, whatever, it, it, like you had pure indicas and pure sativas. And these pure sativas, I always put it, rolled it up in my, in my bag and put it in my work bag when I was doing construction. And I always said that was my work weed because you'd smoke on your sativa, you'd get that high feeling, but you'd be out there banging a hammer, doing whatever you had to do because it, it gave you that energy, that, that, uplifting feeling your boss comes in and you're not like oh god i'm high i hope he doesn't think i'm high you know i don't want to lose my job and you know so that's where delta eight comes into play is it's just like the sativa so if you're smoking those pens or doing whatever you're doing and that's that's a good way to be on point with everything you know uh another thing that kind of got me not smoking delta nine as much was that i was getting in such a a career with doing these and having such a a responsibility in cannabis, you know, when you're growing a thousand plants, fifteen hundred plants, fifty thousand plants, hundred thousand plants, whatever it is, and you have these major responsibilities, when you're smoking Delta Nine, for me anyways, I was like, damn, did I shut off that 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 drip system? That is that still running? And you find yourself turning around, going back because if you end up waterlogging ten acres of plants and they all just get wilt and die, that's on you and you just killed, you know, couple thousand 10 20 thousand plants you don't want to do that and so with me with the combination of my asthma and the, that paranoia and anxiety it, i like i just had to stop you know and then now with delta eight like i've been known to take a puff off the delta eight here and there i just can't do it a lot because of because of my asthma but it's an amazing kind of really and now we've uh solidified and purified cbn which is a great cannabinoid. It's it's right now I, I would consider it my most favorite cannabinoid there is. Um, you don't feel anything off of it. But you know I I I'm getting older. I'm hurting. I have a bad back. I you know I'm full of nuts and bolts and you know thinking I was invincible when I was younger. And CBN is you know coupled with. With CBD and CBG, um, it, it makes an amazing effect. It's like a natural painkiller. Uh, you know, so if I have, you know, I have two compressed vertebrae in my lower back, and I don't hurt all the time, but it, you know, the feeling of the, my sore back is kind of always there. But just some days, you know, it's not about. It's not that I lifted something and my back goes out. I mean, I 
it's probably I'm going to pick up a pencil when my back goes out. It's just kind of weird how your back goes out like that. But when it goes out, it goes out. It's like someone sticking a knife in your lower back. And I started messing around with the CBD, CBG, and CBN. And with the combination of the three, it started wiping out that the edge, I guess you would call it. Because like when you when you got the same situation I have here and you go to the doctor, they're going to give you a, a Vicodin or a Percocet or something. And it's going to doesn't cure the pain, but it allows you to kind of forget about it so that you can carry on with your day, do your jobs, do your work, whatever. And, uh, I, you know, but the, the side effects to it are addiction and it goes through your liver and your kidneys. And so uh, I just kept hearing about, you know, well, CBD is great for anti-inflammatory. Well, I'd take in CBD and I'd say, okay, it works pretty good, you know, but it's not, it wasn't the, the pain relief I was looking for. And then, um, you know, cause like, okay, so people that don't understand CBD, um, CBD is great for anti-inflammatory and stuff, but it, I, I like to tell people that unless you're getting it in like a full spectrum way, like, uh, your crude or people call uh, crude uh, RSO and stuff like that. Unless you're taking it in that way internally, CBD is a lot better uh, topically. So if you have, you know, sore hands or something like that, you're going to want to rub cells with CBD. CBG is better internally. And then the combination between the two internally is like the, it, it, it like intensifies the two. So like, one cannabinoid almost um, accentuates the other one. So um, I'm designing product lines and usually typically my product lines have CBD and CBG both in them. So if you're doing topical, it's both of them. If you're going internal, it's both of them. Um, because like the two of them together really are the ticket. Um, and, but when you add the CBN to it, that's where it started acting more like pain relief. Um, it took the edge off my pain in my back. It took the, the edge off when I pull a muscle in my neck, like um, just like a Vicodin or a Percocet does, except for there's no addiction. There's no kidney and liver damage done through it and all that good stuff. But on top of that, it, it helps like uh, insomnia. I I'm, I'm fine with sleeping, but uh, you know, with CBN, the CBD and CBG give the entourage effect to the, to the CBN. And I like, um, somewhere around here. So I, I, I make, we have, uh, get the cotton out of there. Hopefully people can see this, but they're pills I'm, I'm, we're making. And, uh, I know some people aren't really big about the pills or anything like that, but, uh, they say you're making it look like a drug and i say well i think dabs did that because <laughs> dabs don't look any better than a pill you know <laughs> so i i'm not here to say that uh, you know pills are bad or whatever but i'm trying to say this is a, a natural pill or whatever but so i have two different kinds of pills um you know and the reason why i went with the pill was i was giving my girlfriend her mom is uh 76 years old and she's got a lot of arthritis and all this stuff and we've been trying to get her cbd and cbg into her, into her regimen to help her out 
but she's so old school that it's like, oh, well, you know, I don't want to get high on it. You're like, you're not going to get high on it. And then you give her a tincture and she's like, oh, I could taste the the marijuana in it. And you're like, no, you don't. You know, but it's just the stigma of it. So when we were down visiting her mother, I saw a plethora of pills sitting on her uh, vanity in her bathroom. And I said, oh, my God, your mom takes a lot of pills. And she's like, yeah, they're for arthritis. They're for this. They're for, you know, blood and cholesterol or whatever. But the older community accepts pills, you know. And so I, I, I told a buddy of mine, I said, we need to figure out how to get pills made because I can get I can get these. In, I can get this into her life where it's just another pill that she can take. And now we're now it can help her. And because of it, it's taken her off a lot of, of bad pills. And I've helped a lot of people do that with these pills. And so they're not bad because they're doing good. That's how I look at it. But um, I have a pill that's 10 milligrams each of CBD, CBG, and CBN. And I I kind of consider that my pain pill. So if my back's hurting and I'm here at work and I'm trying to do business, uh, I'll take two of those. And, uh, and I'll cut that edge off and I'm doing my job. I, I'm doing what I need to do to to make money, to survive through the day or whatever. Um, my other my other pill is 7.5 milligrams CBN, but 22 and a half milligrams CBD, no CBG. And uh, I take two pills every time I do this. So uh, that would be like, uh, what, 15 milligrams of CBN and that'd be uh, 45 milligrams of CBD. And it also helps with pain, but... I call those my sleep pills. They, you sleep so hard that it releases tension in your back, neck, whatever. And, but it gives you such an amazing sleep that like the, the best way I can explain it is that like, so the common person goes to bed and you kind of toss and turn for a minute. And when they, when, when it comes to REM sleep, like dream sleep, you're really only getting like an hour or two of that if you're lucky. Um, there's there's a there's a transitional sleep until you get to that deep sleep, and that's the best sleep you can have. And with the the sleep pills I've been doing, um, I'm having I, I I've got to say at least six hours of REM sleep. Like it is just like someone knocks you out and you're just laying there out cold, um, and I you're. you're deep in the dreams um so so deep in the dreams that they're becoming like lucid dreams like like you know i've always been afraid of a sleeping pill because like i don't want to like take a sleeping pill and then wake up and be like oh my god it's noon I, oh i gotta get to work or something you know and these are aren't like that like you'll wake up go to the bathroom if the dog's barking you're up you're checking out what they're doing but the minute you come back to bed and you put your head down. It's like, boom, you're, you're just knocked back out. And I've like literally been dreaming, wake up, go to the bathroom, come back, lay back down and right back in the same exact dream. <laughs> and, you're, and you're in the dream going like, oh, I'm, I'm back dreaming. And you know, you're dreaming. And people say that like, you know, it's where I'm playing with right now is where that's where people say that like, that's where you say I can fly and then you can fly in your dream or whatever, you know, and that's lucid dreaming. And uh, it's been amazing. And, the, you know, when you wake up in the morning, you're not groggy, you're not anything, but you're so well rested that you're ready to tackle the day. Like, 
like no other, you know. So, um, to me, this this cannabinoid uh, adventure has been amazing, you know. It's, uh, I mean, the next one, I'm just blabbering here because I, I love the industry and I love cannabinoids, but CBC, that's what we're trying to solidify and purify because it adds to my, you know, good pain pill. Um, so C CBC uh, is, so let's see how, how we explain it. So, so if you get a paper cut, that's like the worst thing that you can ever get because that paper cut hurts all day long. And you're like, a, you're just like, everyone's like, well, you're like a baby. You got a paper cut. You're like, ah, it just hurts. You know, it's just, it's just a pain. But you can go out, fall off your bike, break your arm and have a bone sticking out of you. And you don't feel it because your body's immediately in shock. So your body produces a natural painkiller to where you don't feel that. And I, and I will tell you, that's the absolute truth. Because I had a bone sticking out of my collarbone and I didn't feel it. I actually got on the, a bicycle and rode a mile home with a bone sticking out of my shoulder. But I'll cry with the paper. <laughs> you know? So like, so <laughs> that, that internal pain relief it, that your body produces is an amazing pain relief. It's better than anything you're ever going to get. And through research, I've been finding out that CBC is produced through your internal endocannabinoid system. And what it does is the CBC uh, is, is made from your endocannabinoid system and then it produces, your body sees the CBC and produces something called anandamide. And the anandamide is your natural pain relief that your body produces to to kill something like shot, you know, like a bone sticking out of you or whatever. So so we're, we're trying to purify and solidify and purify the CBC and add it in small amounts to the pill too so that you have natural pain relief, you know, if it works, it's going to be amazing. Big Pharma probably won't like me much, but <laughs> you might, brown guy might disappear. But but to me, it's, it's part of the adventure of, of all these different cannabinoids and what they actually do. And then we can play around and mix and match and all this other stuff, you know, and see what they can do, you know. Like I said, I could talk about this stuff forever, but <laughs> that's been my journey. Hola growing to large large agriculture to now just feeding I guess you'd say my my love for the plant and what it can do and now I'm in the like the the science side of it I guess you'd say the lab and I'm glad to see that you're still hungry as you are and you know I'm glad I'm taking this all in I'm loving this and by the way Chad's loving this and you know I'm, I'm, I, 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 you can ramble on all you want, by the way, because <laughs> it's just great information. And a lot of the people are saying here in chat that, that, you know, they would be interested in such a pill there. You know, I know a lot of people suffer from sleep and whatnot. And because it's it doesn't have the active THC, the Delta 9 in it, it you can you ship it? from uh, state to state? Is it something that uh, you can help some of these folks if they're willing to reach out to you? Is it available? Yeah, I, uh, I actually have a, a website. I mean, 
I, I'm building it, but it's 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 live and it's uh, solocbd.org, um, O-R-G, um, and you know it's I'm I'm actually today I had somebody with multiple sclerosis come in, so I'm trying to figure out like what helps them. Um, I've had a lot of people with slipped discs and stuff like that in their back, so we're we're working with them. Um, I've had a lot of positive feedback with it. Uh, insomnia, people are loving it. Um, you know, and I, that's, you can ship it. You, I ship it anywhere in the world. Um, and you know, there's a lot of people that don't smoke, you know, uh, THC cannabis because they have a job that, you know, you can get a urine test at, and if you come up dirty, you lose, you know, a good job or something. And so with the, with these pills, you, you can take them and get natural, relief, pain relief and all this stuff, and you're still passing drug tests, you know? Um, it's great, you know? It's just, like I said, it's, it's, it's to me, I, like, I I started all this by smoking weed just because I liked getting high. <laughs> and then, you know, you, THC is a medicine. It's, it's uh, or Delta-9 is what I'm referring to, because um, there's a lot of different kinds of THC. Um, Delta-9 is a medicine it helps with a lot of different kinds of ailments cancers everything um you know my excuse was i just wanted to get high but i called it medicine and i and i went with the medical crowd and got my medical card and did all that stuff but for me the real the the real medicine is in all the other cannabinoids like you know now that i'm not smoking anymore it's uh like i said it's it's just been a it's just turned into a new passion I've been growing for so long that, like, I can just grow and have a successful crop. And I'm like, cool. And then I grow and I have a successful crop. And I'm like, all right, cool. And I'm still going to be doing that, like, on my new YouTube channel. Um, I'm still going to do, like, my, uh, during the, the, the growing season for outdoor, I'll grow plants. But I'm trying to infuse into, like, growing vegetables and stuff like that, too. Not just the cannabis. I'll do cannabis and vegetables because... I want people to know that with no-till, this isn't this, this isn't just a, like a weed, a, a way to grow your weed in this kind of soil. Because like, you know, uh, with some people's way of growing, that's it's 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 catered towards cannabis. Like this is catered for everything. You can grow your fruit tree in it. You can grow watermelons and squash and all this other stuff. So uh, I'm trying to expand the people that actually take in the no-till, but then. That's only for part of the season, for the growing season of outdoor, my garden beds and all that stuff. And then during the rest of the season, uh, my new Daily Grind uh, show is called Telling It Like It Is, which has a, uh, I, I guess you would say, I, I'm, well, for one, I'm telling you about what I'm doing here at my company at, at uh, Solo Scientific, you know, the everyday life, trying to run, run my lab and dealing with like employees and stuff like I've hired on a few guys and had to get rid of them because it's just too, people want to sit around and talk, you know, like, I'm like, well, that's great. We can talk, but there's a lot of work to get done. We got to, you know, now that I'm a business, I have to pay bills. I have to make sure that, you know, that guy's getting paid. My other guy is getting paid. I'm getting paid. I'm paying for the rent on the buildings. I got to be able to advance with the, with the advancements in this industry. So I got to be able to, purchase machines for the next new thing and all this stuff. So, so, uh, 
I found that when I hired people, <laughs> I everyone wanted six figures a year and sit around and be all philosophical about what's going on. And I'm like, uh, no, we can't do that. We got to like, we're doing R and D we're doing chemistry. We're doing science and we got to go, go, go. Like this industry is evolving so fast that what's happening today is forgotten tomorrow because it's an average thing tomorrow, you know? And, um, through telling it like it is my new daily grind show, um, you know, back in the day, this used to be a very, very close knit circle of growers and all that stuff. Like I can go to the other side of this earth and bump into someone I know that's in the cannabis industry. And uh, it's happened many times. You just go somewhere and you're like, oh, what the hell are you doing here? And they're like, oh, I'm just out here. And you're like, oh, because the, the tight knit, the tightness of, of growers is unbelievable. But now with things becoming recreational and more business, uh, I'm finding there you're, you're getting screwed more. You're getting, you know, back in, back in the day, I can, you know, I grew, let's say I grew a hundred pounds and, and, and my buddy Bob over here is like, Hey, let me, let me take those. I got some friends that'll buy them from you or something. You're like, sweet. And, He's like, I'll come back, I swear. And you're like, all right, you guys shake hands and it's all good. Like, Bob comes back with money, <laughs> you know, and it was all good. And in today's industry, it's, that's all thrown out the window. Like, you, you, you become friends with somebody, they're like, oh, make me make me a kilo of this. And you're like, okay, here you go. And they pay you for it. And they're like, okay, make me two kilos of that. And you're like, okay, here, okay, here's the money. Okay, all right, cool, thank you. And then they're like, I want a hundred kilos of that. And you're like, wow, shit, okay. And then you spend all your time and all your money into doing this hundred kilos for, for a client. And then they're like, hey, well, the buyer is down the street. I'll be right back. And then they take it all and you, you know, they built this truck with you. And so you go, oh, okay, cool. And then you never see them again. And they just you just did $60,000 worth of work and this guy just ghosted you. And you're like, I thought we were homies. I thought we were friends. Like, what the fuck? You know? And so I'm trying to put that out there. One is like, watch yourself. Like, this, I know everyone wants to get in the cannabis industry. I know everybody. It's like, seems so cool to be here. And I'm not saying that it's not. I love what I'm doing. I totally love what I'm doing. But you have to love what you're doing because you're not going to get rich in this industry anymore. Like, you made more money in the black market back in the days. Like I'm running what's equivalent to, I mean, it's a lot better than an auto shop, but I'm making about this, you know, you make about the same money as an auto shop. Like I'm in, I'm in the armpit of the nation that there's so much being made in my state that I, I don't like, if you're in Florida and you have like one kilo or something, it can go for 3000 bucks here in Oregon. That same product that the guy from Florida probably came and bought from me is going for fifteen hundred at most, and then they just they, you do all the work, they take it, they go give it to the other guy, and they make all the money. So like, I have to like I have to put out ten times as much as a lot of other places do. They're in the in the country where the value is higher. So like I'm I'm like running like almost like a factory. We're learning something. You got to purify it got to make large amounts of it and sell it <laughs> pay the bills and so like uh 
you know, it, it, but with the telling it like it is, is like, I, I want people to know that like, you're probably only going to get hired for 20 bucks an hour in, in this industry, even if you're in the lab, like it's cool to be in the lab, but you're only making 20, 25 bucks an hour. So like, it's the same thing, swinging a hammer, building a house. Like you're not, you know, driving Ferraris and lifted trucks and stuff like that's not, that's not what the cannabis industry is evolving into. It's evolving into an actual business. So you're making the same amount of money if you cut hair, build computers, whatever it is that you're doing. I want people to understand that, but I also want people to understand that there there is bad business in here. There are people that will take you. Like if you're going to come into, let's just say you come into Oregon, you sold your house that you had paid off and you have $250,000 and you got the dream of, of starting a grow or doing something, you know, don't. I, I tell people all the time, don't go all in. Don't go all in. Don't take your 250 grand that you sold your house for and go grow 50 acres of hemp and all you see is that you're going to be the successful farmer and all this stuff. I tell people, come out here, rent a house, do whatever you want, but grow an acre. You know, like go get your license to grow it, grow an acre, and if, if you just so happen to sell everything you produced on that acre, say you sold it in everything in six months and you're like man i should have i should have grew two acres well at least you sold out early and you don't have surplus you know and then next year you can grow the two acres because if you sell out before the end of the year that's a good problem to have if you grew 50 acres and you only sold two acres worth of it that's a bad problem to have because your product is only getting older through time and now you're a $250,000 paid off house that was great all you're doing is paying taxes on the land is was made into a horrible investment and you lost almost all of it and before it all went to crap you sold it out a dollar a pound just to recoup some of your money and now you're now you're, you're you hate the industry it, it ruins you your life savings is gone and i see it all the time i see people come in take everything they have spend hundreds of thousands even millions of dollars build something and then you see it all on Craigslist, you know, $500,000 worth of lab equipment being sold for $75,000 if you take it all, you know, and a, a farm that someone put $5 million into it is being sold for a million bucks. They just want to, they just want to cash out. So like, I'm trying to allow, allow people to understand where, what is the industry? Like, I know everyone's smoking, dabbing, all that stuff. And that, and that's great, but you got to understand where, where, what this industry is like it's just a job and uh, you know if you're in it be in it to love it you know just like what i'm doing and my partner is doing it doing you know i can go out and make more money than i'm making right now in this industry i'm a i'm a i'm a i'm a master electrician I, you know i i've been doing i had i own my own electrical company uh in, in in this state of oregon i can be making like 50 bucks an hour here running wire and I choose to live the life of the hustle to pursue can cannabinoids. Some days are great days, but then there's, you know, I'm like a real estate agent. Like I, 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 I can make $20,000 tomorrow, but I may not make money for three or four more weeks after that or two months, you know, like, so you got to sit on your money, know how to money manage, you know, make sure that I'm, I'm here next month. Like I'm paying my rent. I've had to put so much money to be certified in this building. I have to make sure that I'm there 
every month, you know, because it's the investment. And even though, like, my people that have been following me for a long time, though my best friend, Big D is what we call him, you know, my main concern is paying our rent here and him and I can go feed our families and keep the roofs over our heads. And, you know, most of the time that gets done and then savings, sometimes we have it and then sometimes it dwindles down to almost nothing because there's no business and things are so cheap and you can't make enough money to make the ends meet. So, you know, that's what I'm trying to put out in the community now. Like there's, I, I taught no-till and all these guys that are on, on, on YouTube now have taken that, like, like you said, it was the revolution, no-till revolution. That was great. It was just the beginning. There's a whole, there's a whole society now, like these probiotic farmers, you know, all this stuff that I see online and I'm getting invited to and all this stuff. I'm just like, wow, you guys are just like, like these guys are, are completely turning into like scientists like I'm here at my lab, but they're taking the soil to a whole new level. You know, they're, these guys have just nerded out so deep into it. Like I've got my way of doing my notes, but then when I watch these guys, I'm just like, I'm like, wow, dude, you know, Joshua Steensland and all these guys that are just, I mean, that's, that's where they want to be. And that's their passion. You know, like, I just want to know how to do good, clean flour, good, clean vegetables, good, clean everything. And my way is rock solid. And I do implement new things here and there because I, you know, like uh, uh, Korean KNF, Korean natural farming and stuff like that. You start to learn those and you bring that and implement that in. But I guess I guess you'd say that, like, I just kind of uh, I grew tired of doing the same you know, just growing a crop over and over. And that's where, when I saw happen, I saw the, all these other cannabinoids and learning how to find those cannabinoids and how to produce those cannabinoids, um, it's ignited something in me to to pursue it. And that's that's my entire company is, is literally to pursue and purify individual cannabinoids because like I have a product line and I'm hoping to, I'm hoping to sell products and stuff, but I'm not banking on that. Like, you know, people are like, Oh, you're brown guy 420. You're going to kill it. And I'm like, uh, but I'm a marketing failure. <laughs> so, you know, like people that follow me, like I, I'll say, okay, check out my website. There it is. But my, my passion is to build a company to where if you're the guy that has a product line, and you're, and you're trying to do something, you're going to come to someone like me and you're going to, it's like the grocery store of cannabinoids and you're going to pull off some CBN and you're going to pull off some CBD and then you're going to go over here and grab some of this, that, you know, and that's, that's what I'm kind of going for is, is get, I, I want to be that wholesale type guy for the dude who wants to make, you know, the gummies, the tinctures and all that other stuff, like get into all that. Like with me, I, the last thing I want to do is be making tinctures all day. Like I go to somebody that, you know, it's a good dear friend of mine and she makes my tinctures and puts my products into it. So I know it's my product, but she makes the lotions, she makes the tinctures and makes them taste good and makes everything taste great. And, uh, you know, very effective and all that stuff. But I'm not, I don't know anything about making the products, you know? Um, and my thing is like, I want to have my hands on something. So with my, with me, it's having my hands into the lab and, and making 
cannabinoids and, and trying them <laughs> and see what they do. That would be a fun evolution all on itself right there, I would think. You know, that would be pretty amazing. And it's awesome that uh, that you're still willing to be that middleman. You know what I mean? Somebody's got to do the groundwork. And as long as you're happy doing it, then, you know, why not? You know, I, I, I'm just stoked that, you know, after all the journey, the hardships that you've had, that you're still, you know, this fired up about where you are. And, uh, you know, I again, I appreciate the fact that you're doing it because it's, uh, it genuinely makes you happy. You know what I mean? Because... You know, I, I, you, to be honest with you, you gave me a little bit of hope. And uh, I, I've got some questions here, by the way. Uh, but uh, you, gave, you, you gave me hope and you had me at Paraguay, by the way. You know, that's where I, you know, that's my mindset. That's where I would have kind of hung out. So that's what kind of makes me get, you know, you, you give me a little bit of hope there. Because if I'm happy at that mindset, being genuinely happy and, you know, quality of life is more than... Sounds like I, I could stand a chance at, you know, pushing forward and, you know, pursuing my passion, working with cannabis. And again, you know, I appreciate the fact that, you you know, you may be able to make more money pulling wire and working for yourself. But there's a couple of things with that. We both know you can't do that forever because that sucks yep. and it hurts. <laughs> Second thing is, you know, owning a company like that and working, you know, right now you're you're, you're your own man either way the only difference is you're hating your time doing one and you love your time doing the other and is the money worth you know hating your time i don't think so i would rather love my time and have a little bit less in my pocket versus have more in my pocket and hate everything i do because i've been been on that aspect of it too and it's no fun running the wire you know, eight, 10 hours a day, and then dealing with customers, putting jobs together, the phone never stops ringing, you're constantly worried about what's next and this and that, keeping customers happy. That's miserable. I would much rather be dealing with the cannabis side of things and being genuinely happy. So hats off to you for, you know, following your heart versus following your wallet. You know, it uh, shows a great character. It's definitely, oh, it's yeah. definitely, you know, people say when you, when you, when you do what you love, it, it's no longer a job, you know, um, I, I've, you know, in, in my, in my, you know, past life, uh, you know, I, I would get on it, I would go into a job and, and I, you know, say, Hey, hire me up. And they'd be like, why? And I'm like, because I, I, I'm a hard worker. I come in every day. I'm like never sick. Like I never call in. I give you, I, I'll give you my 110%. And they're like, hmm, you know, and they think about it. And you're like, dude, I, I, I swear I'll be one of the best employees you got within the first six months of hiring me. They give me a chance. I go in. I bend over backwards. I mean, I'd be working holidays, Christmas, whatever. It didn't matter. I was there, I was dependable. I was reliable. I I worked ten times harder than the next guy. I wanted to rate my whole goal in life because I mean I grew up in the in like the construction era. Like we all you know the baby boomers were building houses and 
And I was a guy doing all this stuff, you know, all this construction. And, and I kind of like, you know, I, I busted my butt with all these other people because I wanted to be the foreman. I didn't want to be the worker. I wanted to show you that I was such a hard worker that eventually you're going to put me up here and I'm going to get paid a little bit better to go check on all the houses rather than you just send me to go wire a house or something, you know? And, uh, and you know, the problem with that is that, you know, being a responsible, hardworking person, for some people, I mean, don't get me wrong, some people, I have a great buddy who, he's just gone up the ladder and he's an electrician also, and now he's like some high corporate job being paid a hundred thousand plus a year. And I'm, I'm proud of the guy. I'm, I'm like, damn, I, I'm the one who got you into that. And, but you know, most people are going to end up like me where you, you, your back hurts every day. Your hands hurt with our eyes because you, you busted your ass your whole life to try to get into a good position and it never happened. And, uh, it, it's, it's, it's depressing. It's kind of unmotivating to you. Um, it sucks, you know? And when I started my own electrical company, I had that, that taste of life that, that like, all right, I just got to go drum up the work. I can do this. I'm the boss. Like I could, I could take a break when I want to, I can do what I want to. And then in 2008, the economy just crashed. It went down the toilet and I was like, shit, I'm out of a job. You know, I, no one's building, no one's doing anything in Arizona where I was at. And I was just like, what do I do? So I just up and left and went to, to Oregon because I wanted to pursue my love for cannabis. That's what I went to school for. I went for, to school for soil, you know, botany and stuff. And, and uh, I just, I was kind of like, you know, living the dream. I just, you know, packed everything up and drove with with a pocket full of money to find a, a small rental and my dog and my car and personal stuff. And and just said, I'm going to go do it, you know? And it took years to get into the industry, but you know, uh, the thing what I, you know, what I, my mentality with trying to survive or get somewhere in this industry is like, it's like gambling. But if, you know, you, if you're going to go out there and you're going to gamble, a lot of people, make livings off gambling because the the odds of winning are going to come you can you can lose 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 but then you're going to win and so you know and a lot of people play that those odds on how when you win and all this stuff so i kind of have played those odds of like don't don't give up keep doing it and i mean through all these many years of me being in the cannabis industry i've lost a lot more than i've won <laughs> you know and and here it is now, my hundredth time of trying to do something in, in, in the cannabis. I'm actually, I'm winning. I'm, I'm doing it. It's, I, I'm every month. I'm like, wow, shit. We paid another month of rent. I just, I just celebrated one year of having my company open and January 10th. And so I just, you know, I, you know, I'm very grateful for where you know not giving up has has, has put me you know uh, i say it to my partners because this company is just me and my boy d uh we got rid of the people him and i just decided we're going to work harder you know make sure we we make this company what we want it to do save the money that we need pay our bills so we can afford equipment and do the things we need to do to stay in here but i mean him and i'll go to lunch and i just like 
isn't it crazy that we're just like working for ourselves and we're like doing this and like like it's completely legal and we're like just making money in the cannabis industry like and he's probably he's probably tired of hearing me like yeah dude it's cool whatever we're in the, you know but I'm, just, but I'm just like damn we're we're doing it man we're, we're actually doing it you know and you know and, and, and it doesn't matter what you want to do if you if you want to be run a be the top mechanic company in the nation that do it don't ever give up is what i tell people you know just just you know manage what you do don't go all in you know uh you know like i i, I also I, I do a lot of you know <laughs> crypto stuff day trading bulls and bears and stuff like that and and the, and the and the biggest thing is that they say don't ever put more than 10 percent in on any kind of trade don't throw it all in don't go 100 you know oh this is gonna be it and i'm gonna i got 200 grand and i throw it all in because then you could lose it all you know and then and then where are you at so always you know put parts in and then if it and then if it's working do a little bit more and if it's and if it keeps working keep following that and i mean that this this company that i did i mean i i literally started like in my garage with a little tiny system and my girlfriend's like you should just start a business and i'm like dude this is like the play school extractor system like this is like if i go in there and i'm like yeah i'm an extractor people are just gonna laugh me right out of a building like it, it was just small stuff and i did it off of that a year later i have giant machines i'm i, I have bigger distillation equipment i have all these things going on because i you know, applied myself a little, and even though I, I, I was literally working almost 24 hours a day, I was sleeping like four hours, but while I was sleeping, my machine was still running. And I, I had to just keep this revolving door of working going for me to survive because my machine was so small. And, you know, if you want something to be successful, you know, I follow a lot of positive mentor people and all this stuff, and, and they always say, you know, a guy that works, you know, eight to four, nine to five, you know, makes a living. The guy who applies himself is every day, doesn't matter what, how many hours it is, you know, the, from the time you wake up to the time you go to sleep, it's all about what you want. That's, that's, that's a successful person. That's someone who's going to get the job done. You're going to go somewhere. And, and if you don't, it's probably because of your mindset, you know, like, out of losing all these great opportunities I had by screwed over or whatever, I'm like, man, this sucks. And people were always going to screw me over. And that was my last freaking chance. And, you know, might as well go flip burgers at McDonald's or something. You know, that's going to, I'm going to put myself there. You know, me, I've already, I, I've already made it. I've already there. I have a successful company. You know, that's how I look at myself. And, here it is a year into it. I'm, I'm here. And I'm like, I said, I'm like, I can't believe I'm here, but it's the mindset. You know, if you're going to do it, do it and just make sure you do baby steps, especially this, in, this, this industry, you could probably throw a hundred percent in on a mechanic shop and probably be success, successful in a mechanic shop because everybody needs a mechanic. But when you're in this industry, there, there's a lot more, there's a lot of people that do what I'm doing. And there's a lot of people who do the basic extractions. There's a lot of people growing. There's a lot of people doing that. So 
mind what you're doing and start small and organic organically grow your business you know and you will be successful you know just it takes time but, you know what they say rome wasn't made in a day or whatever well neither was solo scientific <laughs> took a year to make it <laughs> man you know i gotta tell you you know i had a lot of respect for you before we came into this but talking to you and listening to you speak i have you, you took it from like a hundred to a thousand to be honest <laughs> with you you know because and it's very true man i've watched you through the years you've been very transparent about uh, the way you handle things you've been you've given a lot of people like myself a regular average joe you know the inspiration the, the you know if he could do it i can do it because and it was tough to watch what happened to you happened to you brother because as somebody that was watching and doing it like i said it's possible you know what i mean this cat's doing it and it's possible it was tough to watch you take it on the chin and fucking, you know, that's a that's a heavy obstacle. And to hear you be so optimistic now in this stage of the game, sitting there with your partner going, you know, I can't believe we're doing it. You know, it's happening after, you know, walking through so many obstacles is a very, very refreshing, to be honest with you. And, you know, one other thing, well, there's two other things I want to say real quick is, uh, you know, do you realize that, you know, that the pills that you're talking about, you know, the pills that you're creating, the heavy please sleep pills that almost put you into that elusive state uh, may almost be a good key to pushing you forward to your dreams now because it's that elusive sleep that is kind of programs uh, that um, that mindset that uh, that you can do anything that uh that manifestation mindset i'm a big believer in manifestation for one and that's my next question is uh i listen to a lot of motivational speakers myself so i'm kind of curious uh to whom some of uh some of your uh i guess you could say mentors would be uh who, who do you listen to? Because I listen to a bunch of them. I'm curious to listen to if we're kind of in the same library a little you bit. Know, <laughs> you know, it's uh, when it comes to the to motivation, um, some of it's personal people I know, and they, they just tell me the same thing. They're just successful people in the industry. And, like, uh, you know, everyone knows that I'm, you know, uh, been a part of Humboldt Seed Organization for a very long time. Um, they're just good friends of mine, and they have a very successful seed company. And they they they're they're they were always motivational to me. That you know those 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 are the they're such kind people that they would always call, be like, "Damn, sorry, bro. Like I, I heard about the farm, and is there anything we can do?" And they're like, "Dude, we know you're getting it back on your feet. We know you're going to do that." I mean. We've had it before, and they, and they give you that motivation, um, you know. And then on top of that, like you know, uh, my Instagram, I follow. Uh, you know, like I said, I'm in I'm in the cryptocurrencies and stuff. So like, there's a guy that's called Millionaire Mentor. He's made all his money through crypto, but like his, he just puts these little I don't know what you call them, memes or something, 
and and that's a lot of it is like it's good inspirational just quotes you know you know like like i was saying you know if you work a, a, a nine to five you just, you're just going to get by but if you if you eat sleep and do you know from time you wake up to time you go to bed you're that's a successful person that's an entrepreneur you know that like those things are what you know i just you know i'm so busy that you know it's hard for me to watch a lot of stuff and and so like these little quick quotes and stuff you know give me a lot i guess you'd say um and you know you had a point there when you said you know the uh with the pills you know having that good sleep um allows you to to be ready and sharp for the next day and then you know that 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 almost that lucid sleep like i said you you're like aware that you're in the dream some sometimes you just have wild dreams like <laughs> you're just somewhere and just crazy shit's happening or whatever but you know um with me it's like you could be focused on something so much that even without you know taking the cbn pills or anything like that like when you do dream that night you're, you're dreaming about the situation that you're doing at work or doing whatever is in that you're so focused on in life and i've been so focused on like you know because like in, in my world right now it's like the cbn thing it was like oh we made we made you know five percent cbd we only have 95 percent more to go before we can purify it you know and then and then you're at then we we were able to get our cbn up to 25 percent. well then i would go home be completely exhausted mentally me mentally and physically exhausted and then i start you know you eat something like this that makes you sleep and you go into these dreams and my whole dream was like i was still at work and i'm literally like like experimenting in my dreams and then like i would go to work and say dude i think that we can do this you know and now with with me getting better sleep uh on some of the nights i don't take them every night i just don't you know um with cannabinoids like i know with like delta delta nine when i was smoking all the time like one joint gets you blasted but then you keep smoking every day it takes two days or two joints to get you there um so i try to take i take them like three times a week probably but uh it gives me it, like if i'm thinking about something that happened i mean i we've been making we we try to do something that, that to make a cannabinoid and you're sitting there with what's called a reactor it's just this big giant glass vessel with a big stir stick in it and you're like okay i think this is gonna work and literally it goes what's called like exothermic and it boils and it, we've had oil literally volcano out of this machine and it's raining oil all over us it's all over the walls and you know, we spent the next two days scraping oil off the floor and going, damn, what happened there? Well, like getting these new, <laughs> getting these, the, the, this good sleep allows you to think about these, these things. And, you know, I come in the next day and say, dude, I completely understand what happened there. Like I know what happened. And it, so it's helping my advancement in this industry because, you know, the things I'm doing literally it, it's chemistry or we're, I'm turning like CBD into delta eight and then i'm taking delta eight and uh turning that into cbn so like uh you know we're all i don't think i have here but we're all 
aware of the, you know, the the carbon molecule that, you know, they're kind of like the little, you know, chain link, like the, you know, Delta 9, it, like my brown guy 420 logo was the Delta 9 carbon molecule. You know, it's just a little octagonal looks, you know, and it's like hydrogen, oxygen, and all that type of stuff. Yep, there you go. And so when, when you're making other cannabinoids, it's, you're literally just taking an oxygen atom out and opening that hydroxyl group or adding that hydrogen over here, you know, and so we're literally just rearranging, like all these cannabinoids are almost all formed from the same kind of carbon chain. We're just rearranging the, the carbon chain or releasing an oxygen molecule or whatever and evolving the cannabinoids. So we're like maturing it out is what we're doing. And, uh, you know, it's uh, with good sleep, you like it's amazing what you can do. You know, if you wake up because you were tossing and turning all night, you're probably not getting much done throughout the day. So, you know, the, the cannabinoids are literally are helping me throughout my whole life. And that's what I think is driving me is because I'm like, wow, what's the next one going to do? You know, so, you know, I can't sit here and, you know, I don't, I'm sorry to interrupt you, brown guy. But, uh, oh, it's all good. I'm, gonna I'm be- sitting here, I, honestly, giddy that uh, you're honestly so and excuse my language here but so fucking naive about what you've got here brother uh, and i'm quite serious about that because I, um, there's a lot of research uh going on about uh sleep in the you know REM cycles and manifestation and basically it sounds like what you've got here is a fucking cheater pill you know to the manifestation there because uh there is there's a lot of research and a lot of books and how to be able to program yourself into getting that state and uh to be able to manifest things that that you're basically there's many times i know you and other people have went to went to sleep with that problem just like you're saying uh with on your mind and you've woke up out of nowhere that's the answer well you've kind of programmed yourself before you went to sleep and told yourself this is the problem that i want my subconscious mind to be working on well if you can you know shorten that first REM cycle and be able to get right to that state that deep sleep that you're talking about if you can you know take that pill and be able to go to bed and you know quickly slip into that well I, you're all the more closer to manifest manifesting uh what you're thinking about so if you, you there's tons and tons of research that goes to say you know you are what you think about you know both motivationally and uh you know just as people that believe in manifestation but you know it sounds to be to me like basically what you've created is a cheater pill for the manifestation process basically uh which i think's incredibly awesome to be honest with you that's i'm very interested to see where this in particular product will uh will go uh it's got me very excited about that because again i listen to a lot of you ever and i can't believe you've never listened to like napoleon hill that's one of the great manifestor uh uh 
motivational people as well. And he talks about you know, that pre-programming before you go to sleep. Uh, he's a big advocate where he's talking about uh, you are what you think about and you know programming your thoughts before you go to sleep. So it's amazing. Yeah, I'm, I'm serious. If you were to look a little deeper into manifestation and that type of thing, you'd see directly how the product that you're talking about directly applies. Uh, so that's pretty awesome. Really awesome. I got to tell you, you know, and it, it is all about motivation. You know, it's uh life is motivation. You gotta, you gotta motivate yourself. You know, it's uh if you can't motivate yourself, you can't, you know, wow. you can't depend on other people to, to motivate your, you, you know, so you gotta, you gotta do it for yourself, you know, um, what we do here, I kind of, as you were talking there, I, I'm, I'm packing up the lab. I'm getting ready to go home. But, you know, I was showing you guys, uh, this is all pure CB, CBN right here. Yeah. It's, 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 wow. And it's just, this is, this is, you know, uh, a lot of you already know. I mean, it's isolate. It's, it's just a fine powder. And this is what our goal is to purify a cannabinoid until you can get it into a 99.9% purity, you know, that's, that's what it's all about because then from there you can say that this does something because it's pure, you know, um, it's a, uh, you can't say that Oliveira plants cure cancer because it's the plant. Like you gotta, you gotta break down the entire plant, you know? Um, this is, this is the short path machine right here. Uh, you boil dirty oil that's not cleaned up and it comes up through like a distillation process. If you are, any of you guys are familiar with, you know, making alcohol or anything like that. Same essence, it boils up, it turns vaporous, it condenses over here, rolls down, and then you catch it in a flask, and any, any undesirables get stopped by, these are called cold traps, which are, you know, full of, uh, it's like dry ice and, and uh, an isopropyl alcohol, it gets super, super, super cold, and then you just pull vacuum with a with a big pump and everything, and uh, you make big, nice, beautiful, clean oil, and... Uh, and then from there, what we do is we we will do what's called crashing it out, I guess you'd say, which is uh, uh, making it into a powder, you know. So, and then this is these are what are, you call roto evaporators. They uh, they pull off like solvents and stuff like that. Um, but you know, it's the the motivation into the industry. Like I said, you have to keep yourself motivated. You have to, oops, sorry. You have to drive yourself. You know, um, like I said, it's it's like you know the motivational speakers can do a lot for yourself, but when you're trying to do conquer your own dreams and do your own thing, I, I, I feel like you have to be your own motivational speaker. You know, because um, nobody can pump you up better than yourself. You know, um, you know, it's just uh, with me, it's, you know, through, through time and time again, like, you know, through failure in, 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 in past uh, situations or whatever you want to call it, uh, 
sometimes sometimes a motivational speaker could almost bring you down you know um you're like yeah that guy's got everything of course he has every right to say you know everything works out in time you know like so if you're at your lowest of lows sometimes you know the motivational part of some of speakers you know could could almost bring you down i'd say but a lot of them are uplifting but what i'm trying to say here is that like yourself like my biggest motivational speaker is paul because I'm always telling myself to get up and keep doing it and keep crushing it and don't take no for an answer. You know, I don't care if there's a billion people in this damn industry, I'm going to be successful. And, you know, and, you know, and it's, 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 you know, what you tell yourself in your own brain, you, like I think you mentioned earlier was manifesting your own destiny is, is such a real thing. Like some people can negate it and say that, you know, now you don't manifest your own destiny. And then you say, well, what is it? You just deal with the cards you were dealt. And they're like, yeah. And you're like, well, what, what's that? You know, like what's the cards I was dealt? Like there's some superpower up there that dealt me some cards and Paul's going to crash and burn every time. Like, no. So, you know, with, I guess one, one motivational speaker. Uh, okay. On YouTube, there's, there's a, short movie and it's called the secret and if any of you guys want to um push on your own motivational worth i'm going to tell you that's pretty much how i live my life is through that movie right there because you know you can listen to motivation or you can make your own internal motivation and these guys are like you know the the human brain is more powerful than anything there is so when you tell yourself you're going to do it don't don't say i'm gonna you know i'm paul and i'm gonna run a cannabis lab i hope i make it you say i'm paul i'm running a cannabis lab and i have made it you know and i don't care if i made a buck or a million bucks i'm here so i've made it you know i'm in it i'm in it to win it i'm here i'm not going anywhere you guys are going to see me fall over dead in this industry you know and it's because i i love it what i want to be in where i'm always going to be never going to pull wire again <laughs> so can i can i stop you there paul yeah brown guy yeah. that's where you that's where you, your product comes that's where the key is that's that's where it comes in right there brother that's where it comes in because that's where most people fuck up when they manifesting uh anything is they say it and they you know oh yeah i want a million bucks i want a million bucks but they don't see themselves doing it they get and you're right you have to you can't just say i want it you have to actually say it it's done you're doing it you have to put yourself in the now in the active to where you can see it now this is where your product comes in with the lucid dreaming. You go to bed with that thought in your mind. You know what I mean? This is who I am. This is what I want. This is who I am. This is what I want. Now you fall into that quick lucid dreaming state that your product could help you do. Now, once you're into that state, that's you're in that programming set 
state of mind, okay? And when you're in that state of mind, you your brain doesn't know the truth from a lie. So if you've programmed yourself into seeing that that vision that I am this, I'm doing this, and you're in that lucid dream, you you're programming your mind basically that I am that. So you're waking up refreshed. You've seen yourself living your dreams, doing what you want to do. And it's pretty much putting it in the ether, setting it forward. So that's why I'm so excited. You know, it's basically the missing piece for the secret. It's a, it's a cheater. It's a cheater pill to the secret in my mind. Uh, so that's why I'm kind of really excited about, you know, basically the product you're putting forth. They seem to work hand in hand. Uh, so, yeah. Awesome stuff, brother. Very awesome stuff. I didn't lose it, brother. I hope we didn't lose him. Ah, it is. Well, hopefully you guys can hear me anyways and enjoyed this so far. Uh, he did tell me that once... Uh, Work was done, that it could be pretty well over. There he is. Okay. Hopefully. All right. You guys ah, hear me? There you are. I can hear right, you sorry. now. I can hear I you. Had to hop in, I had to hop in my truck. <laughs> Got to go home. But uh, let's see. You guys, yeah, so, you guys. So with that being said, uh, you know, we probably should, you know, you did say once you got home, it was going to be the end of it. So it might be a good time to just wrap it up before – you know, unfortunately, we lose you on the road anyway. But uh, hopefully uh, we can do this again and get a little bit deeper. I think you've had a good enough time here to where I might be able to get you back another night and be able to uh, dive, dive a little deeper into the Brian guy uh, uh, story. What do you think? Yeah, Is that something you know, that could possibly happen? I'm, I'm always open to... Uh, getting on, talking, uh, you know, like I said, I could talk forever on all this stuff. I'm, uh, it's passion, you know, like I said, it doesn't matter if I make a dollar or a million dollars. This is where I'm at. This is what I love. And so I'm, I'm always open. And, and with your show, it's, it starts late enough to where <laughs> it doesn't interfere with the workday. <laughs> so, you know, because like I said, I, I got to put my 110 into it. And so I work like a dog every day. But at least it's, you know, for yourself, like we were talking. So, but if, if you invite me again, I'll most definitely get back on it. That's not a problem. Oh, that's awesome because I, I've had a lot of fun and you were just tapping the source of uh, the, the wealth of knowledge that you have. I know you dish it out on your own and on your own channel, but man, it's, it's pretty nice to hang out and have access and let the community have access to such a great uh, guy like yourself. So that'd be pretty, pretty awesome if we could make that happen. One last thing yeah. I'd like to get from you before you go there is I did tell you about the rabbit hole. Hopefully one of these nights, well, maybe as you're driving home or you're packing it up, maybe you can turn it on and 
see if there's a rabbit hole and maybe pop in. Like I told you, the zoo numbers are always the same. So the nights that are our rabbit hole, maybe you can pop in without invitation, without a, the spotlight. Let more than one person pick your mind. That would be pretty cool. The other thing I would like to maybe get from you before you go is I do this crazy thing, the soundbite, which is basically it's your your uh, advertisement for this this episode, your show. Uh, basically, what I'd like to get from you is, hey, this is uh, Brown Guy Four Twenty. This is uh, I'm on fucking talking shit with Eagle, episode three oh two. You can <laughs> embellish, do with it whatever you want, but it will be your episode your advertisement for this episode so whenever you're ready i am recording this little hunk uh all right well you know i'll tell you right now i'm i'm very humbled i'm very honored to be able to be on your show man i'm i'm also very humbled and very you know uh thankful for everyone who's ever followed me and continues to follow me uh you know, you guys, you guys are what's given me a name in the industry and help in my drive to do what I do. So, you know, if you don't, if you're not on my, any of my uh, social media, it's Brown Guy 4200 on Instagram, Paul Rosas on YouTube. And uh, if you guys are interested in any products, I'm constantly trying to put stuff on my page uh, at solocbd.org. Um like I said, once again, thank you so much, man. I'm, you know, I'm honored that you, you know, came up and asked me to be on your show. And I'd be honored to be back on it again. Um, I would love to do Q&A with people, you know. Um, the, the difference between me doing my show and the, dif- and the difference between me being on a show with someone like you is that you guys ask things that I would never think about just talking about on my show. So these are, you know, doing these shows are golden. Maybe that uh, maybe that is just a possibility. Maybe next time we'll do just a solid Q and A, and maybe we'll just kind of chat and uh, let the chat go wild and uh, see what they have questions for you. That'd be you an know, awesome second round. A lot, a lot of people are gonna want a Q and A and ask about growing. You know, a lot of people want to know how. You know, I got root aphids. How do I get rid of them? Or spider mites? What's an organic way of getting rid of them? You know. Uh, you know, got any tips on getting better veg growth or bloom development, you know? So, uh, like I said, these shows are crazy that you can, they can, they can go so far. Like you, like you call it the rabbit hole, that rabbit hole can get deep, you know, with, with people asking questions. They're saying in chat, please don't be a stranger. Oh no no! Please don't be a stranger. I, I'm doing I'm, I'm doing my best to uh, get back into the whole you know YouTube uh, live uh, interview type stuff and all that. You know the the one thing that I did let fall off is the is the social media. The easiest one to keep going was my Instagram, but I am trying to get the YouTube back and going. I just had to put a lot of focus in my direction in the industry and now that i have it i'm starting to to level out and this is definitely what i want to be back into and be doing and i most definitely won't be a stranger everybody well thanks again for sharing some time with us you know i know we both know time's very precious and especially when you're putting in 
110 on your dream. So I, I greatly appreciate you taking this time to hang out. And uh, I know the next step is getting home and uh, taking care of the family. So I would, I'm going to let you go and uh, so you can get to the next most important step of the evening, by the way. Uh, you can get to that. So thanks again for making this time. And I am greatly looking forward to uh, doing this again. Uh, this went, well, better than expected. So thank you very much. And uh, wow, thanks. Just thanks, brother. <laughs> well, right back at you, man. Thank you so much for getting a hold of me. You know, I know that sometimes it's hard to get a hold of me. I get so caught up with doing work, you know, but it's been a pleasure. And thank you to everybody who's tuned in and watching. And uh, keep tuning into that in, into this show because uh, I'll probably take advantage of that of that rabbit hole when I'm, uh, you know, packing up and I'm wrapping up the job. I'll jump in and we can do live Q&As and stuff. Oh, that would be amazing. Amazing! Everybody's already when we met it when you brought it up. They were like, "I can't wait for that episode." <laughs> <laughs> yep, <laughs> you know, and, and you know, if, if, if you know, I I can't get to it all the time, but you know, I've always told people that if you if you have a, a you know a problem and you're and I know that sometimes you're having a garden and. You, you, you need to figure out a situation and do it organically and you just can't figure out the answer. You know, you can always get a hold of me. The best way is on uh, my Instagram, brownguy4200. Send me a direct message. You know, I'll, I, I tend to get to those the fastest and I'll answer it. Because uh, I know sometimes time is of the essence and you and maybe waiting for the next show would be too late and it, and it could be a crop devastator and you lose your all your time and effort on your plants. So, if you if you have dying questions, you can always get a hold of me on there, and I try to answer to everybody. That's another reason that makes you awesome, brother. It really is. So, yeah, I, I again, I can't thank you enough. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to the next time. Drive safe, fool, my friend, and uh, <laughs> till then, thanks again, man. I'm going to go ahead and wind it up, tell everybody to stay safe. But uh, thanks again, brother. Looking forward to it, man. All right, guys. Well, this is Brown Guy 420, Paul Rosas. I'm out of here. Peace. Peace. <laughs> what an amazing episode, guys. I know you guys enjoyed this one and are looking forward to part two as much as I am. So. Uh, look forward to that as I will be. You guys know the routine pretty much at this point. Uh, if you guys want to come hang out here in the rabbit hole, give me a few minutes and we'll fire this up and uh, have some fun. Who knows we'll be in the rabbit hole. You never know. You never know who will pop into the rabbit hole. That's the beauty of it. Sometimes just me. Sometimes it's, it's a whole bunch of people. So. If not, uh, I can respect that. Thank you for hanging out to this point. You know, I'm very grateful for any time I get. So you guys know the deal. If you're not coming to the rabbit hole, thank you so much. Pretty, please do something nice for somebody 
random acts of kindness do save lives. I'm a living, breathing example of that. So with that being said, thanks again for hanging out. Hopefully you'll come and join in the rabbit hole in about 20 minutes at the latest 2 o'clock. I'll be back at the latest Thanks again. You guys have a great night. I am out of here. But hopefully, hopefully, I will see you in the rabbit hole. Thanks again.